0: Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association.
1: Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Today's Issues on American Family Radio on this Tuesday December the 13th, and we thank you for joining us here on AFR. As the announcer just told you, my name is Tim Wildman, and joining me in studio is Fred Jackson. Morning, Tim. And Chris Woodward. Good morning. And we're delighted to have our, our good friend Ray Pritchard in studio. Hey, Tim, how are you today? Usually joining us from Kansas City,
2: but... We made we made the, the trek. Our, this is our annual pilgrimage to Tupelo. Yeah, not just a trip; it's a (laughs) pilgrimage. So the pilgrimage
1: to Tupelo. uh, Usually, those people are uh, Elvis
2: fans. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, we're staying at a hotel in downtown Tupelo, Tupelo. and he's everywhere. uh, He uh, is everywhere.
1: Every town and community has to exploit their (laughs) their favorite son or or daughter or or whatever, and so Elvis Presley is is the theme of. You go downtown, uh, you can't uh, miss of, of downtown Tupelo. Uh, but anyway, welcome, brother. i glad Thank you're you. safely. Now, you, you went to uh, Oregon, right? Right.
2: Yesterday, in fact, two days ago, I was wrapping up a, a Bible conference on the Pacific Coast at Cannon Beach Conference Center, and we spent, I guess we spent uh, Sunday night in, uh, in Portland, Oregon, and then flew yesterday, Portland, Salt Lake City, Memphis, rented a car, and drove here to Tupelo and got in last night.
1: Well, are your flights on time and everything?
2: Yes. You know, there's a big snowstorm uh, out out in the western states coming uh-huh. toward the plain states, and it was a pretty rough flight the first hour out of uh, out of Salt Lake City. Uh-huh. Yeah, We, we kind of flew through those clouds, through the storm, you know, to
1: get here. Well, Salt Lake is a hub for Delta, right? Right. Salt Lake City. Well, welcome, my friend. Thank you. Good to glad, be here. Glad you're here. We have our... Our Christmas board meeting here, and I raise a part of our uh, board of directors here to AFA and, and AFR. And uh, folks, if you want to watch the show and see red's uh, raise red sweater <laughs> and my red shirt, you can go to uh, streaming.afa.net.
0: Uh, but also, I think people should be aware of his
1: socks. Yeah. Okay, take what, a look. What kind of socks we got? Uh, these say, "Wow!" These,
2: <laughs> for okay. some reason, these say "taxi." I bought these on the island of Cyprus when we were on a cruise in the Mediterranean. And so, you know what this means? Yeah. I'm almost out of clean socks on this trip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down to my taxi socks.
1: So, a yellow taxi socks, huh? Right, bought, with the, with the red Cyprus. sweater,
2: you know. My you're, wife just, Marlene, like shook her Ma- head.
1: You're yellow and red. You're like a McDonald's sign. No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> One billion serves. That's right. He's all a right.
1: brave man. <laughs> uh, all right. Dr. Michael Youssef will be with us at the bottom of the hour. He's got a new book out called Is the End Near? I saw a survey the other day, guys, saying um, a lot of Americans, uh, even people who are not Christians, yes. are worried that maybe the end is near. We'll, the Bible does talk about this quite a bit. We'll yes. talk to Dr. Michael Yusuf mm-hmm. about his new book "Is the End Near?" What Jesus told us about the last days, and uh, and then Steve Jordahl will be with us the next hour. Steve uh, left his cell phone at home this morning. I'll tell on him <laughs> because we've all done it, and uh, so but he made it back on time for our staff meeting. Yes. The problem was he had no stories to present to our meeting <laughs> because he it. but he had his phone but he had his phone <laughs> right, which was the most important thing uh, i know that a uh, few times that we and we've all say we've all done it it's a, uh, a panic helpless feeling when you get down the road and you realize
0: wait a minute i don't have my companion it's hard to believe you know i was growing up cell phone not invented but you know you just had to wait to where you are get where we're going to get a phone you know it, or pay phone it's yeah. a
2: terrifying thing to be traveling fred and to be in an airport and you you sit down and you know eat a eat lunch or something and you start walking away and you realize you left your <gasps> phone oh i know back there mm-hmm. and suddenly you are running <laughs> running through the concourse <laughs> to get back there because you do that in an airport you'll mm. probably disappear yes.
0: Yeah. yes
1: true uh all right christopher uh Some sad news to begin this morning, right?
3: Yeah, we begin uh, this morning by offering our prayers and thoughts to the family of uh, Charles Mike Leach, the legendary college football coach, uh, passed away last night from what Mississippi State University describes, complications from a heart condition. Uh, Leach was 61. Uh, Many people in the SEC and beyond uh, have been in prayer for uh, not only Mike Leach, but the family and certainly the players. Um, because uh, Coach Leach experienced uh, what the university initially described as a personal health issue over the weekend, uh, and he was in the uh, hospital there at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, which is in Jackson. He was 61 years old, uh, but his family says uh, he was able to participate in organ donation at UMMC as a final act of charity. Fred has added uh, AP coverage of the passing of Mike Leach to our website, AFN.net. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's very sad. Of course... uh Chris, you and I both are Mississippi State uh, Mm -hmm. alumni and uh, and fans, and Coach Leach was was our football coach. But uh, he coached, uh, Ray, all over the country. He was a head football coach. Coach Leach was at Texas Tech for several years. He went on to Washington State University, then to Mississippi State, and even before that he was at Valdosta, Georgia. He was all over the country. He could have run for president. Right. (laughs) Then I think he was in Iowa. Right and the university of Kentucky as an assistant at one point
2: early on, he even coached football in Finland of all places. I was reading, you know, the last day, the story of his life. Here's the thing. He won wherever he was. Mm -hmm. He won, he won in Lubbock. He won in Pullman, Washington. He won in Starkville. And I, I guess, you know, if you're from new England, Maybe you don't understand the the whole that college football has, right? From Vermont, right. you don't know why we talk about this, right. but in the South, people say football is like a religion. Oh no, it's much more important, <laughs> much more important than that. And and I mean, he won wherever he was, and and how do how do you even explain? A personality like Mike Leach to somebody who didn't know him and never heard him—he's far more than a coach.
1: Yeah, a very intelligent guy, but uh, very uh, quirky. Yes, I guess you could say with his personality, (laughs) he had a curiosity for things way outside of football, like Mm -hmm. pirates and uh, and (laughs) war, and and he uh, innovated. Was very innovative in his uh, profession with what they call the air raid offense. And so, it, but, you know, I guess what's shocking is 61 mm-hmm. years old is, I mean, as you get older, that's a relatively young age to pass right. away and pass away. So suddenly, uh, I mean, he had, you know, some kind of a heart, a heart condition, evidently it's very sad and tragic that in, you know, somebody's life has to end so quickly, uh, but uh, yeah, but he touched a lot of lives across the country in his uh, coaching uh, career. Mike Leach, sixty-one years of age. You know, I'm fifty-nine. So uh, you're in, You and Fred are. I'm seventy. <laughs> are you seventy already? Yes, yes sir.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm bumping up against that right. pretty yeah. soon. A
1: I would years. just share with you guys: you guys have passed middle age. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we are complete. We are completely aware. Of okay. okay,
2: can't argue I just, that point. Every, I, th- every I, time I just, we look <laughs> in the mirror,
1: we're reminded of that. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, these, these folks who say, you know, they're they're fifty, like my age, fifty nine. though. "Yeah, I'm in middle age," and I'm go one hundred eighteen. Really, you're really going to one hundred eighteen?
0: Okay, well, but, but you, I do take comfort by the. Increasing frequency of phrases that the what the uh, the new eighty is seventy or something yeah. of that nature. Sure, that people are living longer. So, uh.
1: well, you know, when something like this happens, uh, like with Coach Leach, uh, suddenly uh, it does remind us, uh-huh. Ray, of our mortality and and what the Bible says about that. Right. Well, the Bible does say, doesn't it? It
2: is appointed unto man once to die. Uh-huh. Everybody, we, we all end up that way sooner or later and i've been impressed uh, since the news broke about coach leach on sunday night how many people irrespective of what team they cheered for hug your family hug your kids tell them you love them because you don't know yeah you don't evidently he was just he was whatever happened happened
1: right and at his home at his home you you don't know do you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes uh so um that's the situation uh uh, Mississippi State now will you know have to find a new uh, football coach, but they'll also I'll be I'll also be mourning now the uh, the loss of uh, Coach Leach. As I said, he was known around the country. Texas Tech, Washington State. You said he won. Football games, a lot of football games at places, people said you can't win. Right, right, <laughs> right. right. Now, yeah. Pullman, Washington? Right. You've got to be wanting to go there to get there, to, right? To get there, that's, and you still might not make it.
2: Well, they, they say, you know, it, is Mississippi State going to replace Coach Leach? Somebody else will fill the position, and they'll win games. Yeah. You do not replace
1: a guy right. like Mike right. Le- right. Right. Leach. Exactly. no Right. All right, Christopher, what's your next story?
3: Well, while you are praying for the uh, Leach family and certainly the players and uh, faculty members there at the Mississippi State University, uh, it would also be good to uh, pray for faith-based institutions uh, in these uh, coming days and weeks because uh, President Joe Biden today at the White House is expected to sign a bill that is officially referred to as the Respect for Marriage Act. Critics and those concerned about it are referring to it as the Disrespect for Marriage Act. That is because... Uh, The government is basically forcing people to accept same-sex marriage as being the same as a traditional one-man, one-woman marriage. And critics like uh, Tony Perkins and those at FRC, Family Research Council, uh, have shared concerns that faith-based institutions maybe are going to be hauled into court over these kinds of things and expected to um, kowtow to what the government wants uh, people to do. Um, Also, at today's White House ceremony... Uh, the Biden uh, family is expected to invite a whole host of uh, same sex couples and uh, sympathizers, uh, maybe even some drag queens uh, to this event. and I've got some reaction to that. Uh, here now is a uh, Fox News contributor Tommy Lauren on today's ceremony and how it invites some people, but they're still friending on inviting other people to the White House. Clip nine. This is what the Biden administration does. They find people to come to things and to fill positions that check a box in the oppression Olympics, damn. but they don't actually look at somebody's qualifications. And to go back to your point about the defund the police, you're exactly right. They wanted to distance themselves from that movement ahead of the midterms, but now I believe that they will fully embrace it again. You know, they don't do the background check that's necessary to make average Americans comfortable with people that they are invited To the White House, and they don't need to, but at some level, I think the American people need to push back against this. It's one thing if you want to invite transgenders, non binary people, TikTokers to the White House, but at some point, wouldn't it be nice if Joe Biden would invite our everyday law enforcement officers and Border Patrol agents and maybe give them a little celebration every once in a while?
1: Yeah, you know, we're a Christian Radio Network, and, you know, same sex marriage may be, quote, the law of the land now. Uh, However, you you can call it so if you want to, but the Bible's clear that marriage is an institution uh, and has been since the dawn of civilization between a man and a woman, one man and one woman. Right. Right, And, and no matter... How much pop culture may want to deny that or accept all kind of definitions of marriage, that is the biblical definition of marriage, one man, one woman. If you go back to the
2: beginning of the Bible, Uh one man, one woman, Adam and Eve, God established the pattern in the beginning. So the government can do what it wants, right? But what the government cannot do is override or overrule or repeal what God has said. Uh, one of the one of the side notes here is before this before this act was passed, people were saying, "Well, this is about preserving quote traditional marriage and so on." And once now it's been passed, the, the media is telling the truth. This is a gay marriage bill. Yeah, this is what it is.
0: Uh, that was uh, interesting this morning. The Associated Press this morning introduced this story as the gay marriage bill would be signed. No, it's called, formally, the respect for marriage. But I found it very interesting. During the whole debate, they referred to it as the respect for marriage. Right. Now that it's going to be law, they refer to it as the gay marriage bill. So, uh, you know, as if we're not – shouldn't be uh, shocked by this, this is what it was all about. Right. Let's be very clear about this. You know, they added in uh, mixed, mar- mix, mixed inter- inter- marriage.
2: Interracial marriage.
0: Interracial marriage. That they- was
2: – that was just a smokescreen. That's just... <laughs>
0: That's all that yeah. was. You know, uh, along with the cross-dressers and others who are going to be at the White House today, which is sad, you know, I go back was it Obergefell 2015, is that when Obama lit up the light, uh, the White House with the rainbow colors? Mm-hmm. Joe Biden mm-hmm. was okay with gay marriage going back to 2012. Uh, yeah,
3: he forced Obama to... Like, yes. Uh, so this
0: is part of Joe Biden's legacy. Don't anybody tell you that Joe Biden is a moderate. Right. He is not. He's all in on this. But today, uh, if they show this ceremony, the signing ceremony on TV, I want to look into the faces of the Republicans who are going to be there, who helped the Democrats pass this, who said to Christians, don't you worry. <laughs> uh, there are protections in there right. for, for you Christians. You, you know, it's not going to be a problem for you. But everybody knows Listen, we we were told the only uh, thing that's in there is that pastors will not have to perform homosexual marriages. Everything else is on the table, folks. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I want to see the faces of those Republicans today, and then I am going to have reporters call those Republicans when the lawsuits start. Right, mm-hmm. and they will come, and and they're coming, they're coming.
3: Next story, Chris. I want to point this out real quick. Uh, I found this, uh, a CNN article from May of 2012, and their headline is Biden apologizes to Obama for marriage controversy, and it begins by saying Vice President Joe Biden apologized to President Barack Obama for putting him in a tough position on same-sex marriage. Remember, Biden said that he, quote, evolved on the issue. Well, that's what Obama said,
0: too. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I think Obama
1: was the one who came up with that phrase, evolved on the uh, on the, because he was opposed to it because
0: in the debate with McCain, yeah,
1: or, yeah, McCain was it McCain, McCain or Ma- Romney? Remember the yeah. question?
0: Uh, Rick Warren had a yeah. debate mm. with oh, McCain, that's right? With that's Obama, right. and Obama was asked that question, and afterwards he said, "I've evolved on it."
3: Yeah. All right. In other news uh, this hour, Title 42 is coming to an end, uh, as we have reported on the What's show. What's Title 39? Yes. <laughs> Tell us what 39 is. Uh, we, I think we were up to speed on that. I'll get back to you on that. I'll circle back. Okay. You circle I'll circle back, back to you. Uh, as we have talked about on the show, a federal judge gave the Biden administration until December 21st to stop the Title 42 policy. Title 42 was something from the Trump administration which allowed border officials to quickly expel migrants and close official ports of entry for asylum seekers. Biden doesn't like this. He's spoken out against it uh, for a couple of years.
1: What is it? uh, Help me out here. Do you know? What is Title 42 uh, in comparison just to laws that you can't come into the U.S. illegally?
3: Um specifically it relates to like migrants coming here uh saying I I I need asylum my people are unfair to me and my my they all say that
1: groups right So
0: 42 kept them on the other side of the border they they remain got remain in
1: Mexico remain in, in
0: Mexico exactly and until, so, until you have
1: your asylum hearing
0: until your hearing date comes up and right. then we'll let you come in for that hearing
1: Gotcha. and so they'll be doing away with that Yes uh, which would, and Biden's in favor of doing away with that. Oh, sure.
3: Cause he's, he sure. has no problem with an open border. Open, open the borders, sure. let them come in.
1: Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I guess for four years now, at least unless Biden's, and then it's assuming, well, I don't want to assume anything. If Biden is not president, he will be for four years you know, unless he, you know, something happens right. to prevent him from being so he is just uh well we talked about it many many times he has just opened the board- there is no border right uh control really no. i mean he 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 is letting anybody who wants to come here walk in millions of people and they're coming from around the world coming across our southern border and biden biden won't even go down there and visit to see the problem when asked about it he said there are more important things to do uh the mayor of El Paso, he's a Democrat. He won't declare a state of emergency because he's a Democrat. He right. doesn't want to make Biden look bad. But I saw pictures yesterday and video yesterday of mm-hmm. uh, thousands of people the last few days just pouring across just a steady stream of folks coming from all over the world. You know, I feel sorry for these people. They're poor. They're destitute. Right. They're looking for a better life. Who can blame, uh, blame folks for, for wanting that? However, if that's the standard for our country, we're just going to accept anybody from around the world because they want to come here and for whatever reason. Then, then there is no border. There isn't, no, and theres not there isn't. There hasn't been a border. I don't want. To, I don't know what the long time long term ramifications of this are. We don't know who's coming here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we we know the fentanyl. Problem. Oh yeah, we know the human smuggling and and uh, the cartels that, with the drugs. I mean, there's all kind of problems associated with having just a, an open border. But when he said Ray uh, the other day Biden said he's not going to go visit the border. The reason he won't go visit the border and talk to our border security, he doesn't want the video cameras following him and having this brought up as an issue. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then the Democrats. <clears throat> they keep saying, well, if you want to, they, that some of them will admit that there's a problem with well, people. My
0: well, won't, though. No.
1: But see, even some Democrat senators will. But oh. here's what they always say. And this is what the White House will say. Uh, Jean. Corrine Jean Pierre. Yes, I apologize, folks. I know you get tired of me. Corrine Jean Pierre. KJP. KJP. She's the White House spokesperson. And she keeps saying, when asked about this, well, we're, we, we welcome working with Republicans on yes. immigration reform. Um, they always bring this up. And the Democrats say the same thing. Listen, there, there, there are two different issues here. They're conflating on purpose, the White House, and they get away with it because the liberal media won't press them on it. Uh, immigration reform legislation, whatever that looks like, has nothing to do with border security. They're two separate issues. Your job as the president of the United States is to defend uh, the borders of our country. It, it, so what What? What? the White House is saying, what the Democrats are saying is, okay, Republicans, if you will allow, uh, you know, uh, immigration reform and by that mean by that they mean amnesty for 20 million people uh, then we will shore up sure our border security mm-hmm. and i'm going like no your job is to shore up border security regardless of whether we have right a, a an, right. Em, an immigration reform bill yeah. or not but that's the way they frame it and, they, and as i said they get away with it because the liberal media um lets them get away with it but Uh, So this Title 42 Mm -hmm. ending will mean an even uh, probably double the number
0: of people. Oh, it's already started in anticipation of this. Last weekend alone, 16,000 border encounters just last weekend alone. Now,
1: one other thing that needs to be talked about is, and I don't know what you do about this exactly, Democrats, by and large, don't give a rip. (laughs) No. No. You know what I'm saying? No. They they don't care if you have a border or not. Uh-huh. They give lip service to it occasionally, like Cinema and uh, from Arizona and right. Kelly from Arizona and, but but that's all. It's just lip service. They really don't uh, care. I would think I would say, and I, I guess a cynical view of this, and maybe some would say, well, that that's pretty obvious, isn't it, Tim? What, what the Democrats want to happen is they want millions of people to pour into our country, you know, from all over the world, and let them come all in. And then what you do is, if you're Democrats, you then you vote for them to have amnesty, so they become American citizens. Uh-huh. And they vote, and then they have to vote. And then in appreciation for that, they vote Democrat for generations. Yes. And and it would be I guess you could almost say it would be the death of the Republican Party as we know it if if that were the scenario that happened and that's what so if you wonder why do the Democrats not care about people pouring in by the millions and and it literally millions since Biden has become president is because they want them to come and they don't want to impede uh, immigration into our country and some some of them like AOC they feel it's immoral to have borders so. You know, 50% of our country are Democrats, and they don't care. And I don't know what you do about that exactly. All right, we'll be back momentarily with more of today's issues.
3: What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us.
0: And my father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too.
3: Was she on a ship?
0: Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were
3: heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? (laughs) Let's get some cookies
4: and I'll tell you all about it.
5: Hello Americans, I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Cracker Barrel has gone woke. The restaurant chain with the rocking chairs out front just rolled out a new item on the menu. Something called Impossible Sausage, made from plants. Nothing says homestyle breakfast like scrambled eggs and sausage made from azalea bushes and ferns. Cracker Barrel says customers are craving a nutritious plant-based option. But my social media feed says otherwise. Folks are riled up. They say the fake meat goes against Cracker Barrel's brand. A restaurant known for biscuits and green gravy comfort food, not health food. The average Cracker Barrel customer is not going to sit down for a plate of vegan biscuits with a side of almond milk gravy. By the way, the reason they called the sausage impossible, it's impossible to eat. Be sure to read my book, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation, now available at your favorite bookstore and online at toddstarns.com.
3: For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. Colossians 1.13
0: American Family Radio This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net Now, back to more of Today's Issues.
1: Well, uh, welcome back, everybody, Tim, Fred, and Ray. Chris is going to have to get some popcorn, so he'll be back in a few minutes. Um, We thank you for listening to AFR. If you want to send us an email, comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. You can watch the show at Facebook. Just type in today's issues or our own streaming service. Uh, we uh, air the show, uh, we show, we have the show there, streaming.afa.net, we live video stream. Uh, several of our shows there, streaming.afa.net. But one of the uh, Bible teaching radio programs we've had on for over two decades is uh, leading the way with Dr. Michael Youssef. He is a pastor in the Atlanta area and, uh, as I say, television and radio uh, ministry international and he's also an author of, uh, of, of many many best-selling books and he joins us now uh, good morning michael this is tim
4: tim i am so glad to be with you brother i was delighted the other day to talk to your son i said now i'm spanning three generations
1: that's right you oh, get your friend you were, you were friends with my dad and uh absolutely and, uh, which of my sons were you talking to do you remember Walker uh, or Wesley?
4: Walker interviewed me, yes, not long ago.
1: Oh, okay, all right. Well, uh, now, how long have you been pastoring there in Atlanta? Uh,
4: I lived in Atlanta for forty-four years, but I planted this church by God's grace and mercy with twenty-eight people uh, in nineteen eighty-seven.
1: Church of the church, years. church of the Apostles, right? Yes, sir. And you're right there on the interstate. Uh, are you in Atlanta proper? Seventy-five. Are you in Atlanta proper? Right on or?
4: seventy-five.
1: Okay. Well, the yeah, reason we are I'm, in
4: the city of Atlanta. Yes.
1: Yeah. I, I mentioned that because uh, you, I know you welcome a lot of people who listen on radio or watch on television to your church each Sunday.
4: Absolutely. From all over the place. I mean, sometimes upward of twenty states are represented. <laughs> now, <laughs> now do the you? Now, do you,
1: do you stand in the back of the church and shake all their hands? to
4: The front. Yeah, I can stand in the front.
1: Oh, stand in the front of the church and shake all their hands. Okay. Yeah.
4: I have the pastoral team in the back. I'm in the front, so they they can't miss us.
1: <laughs> well, thanks for being on with us. Uh, you've got a brand-new book out called Is the End Near? Uh, I saw yes. a survey the other day of uh, just the general American public, and it's uh, the survey was... Uh, Saying how a high percentage of Americans, not just Christians, think something yes. is about yes. to happen, is the end near. Yeah, so, yes, yeah. yeah. So, yes. so, 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 why did you write this particular book?
4: Well, uh, you know, as you know, I've been uh, with Family Radio for nearly thirty years, and more than thirty years, maybe. Uh, so, if you know, all of our listeners who have listened to me through the years, they know I am not uh, what you call an in-time preacher. <laughs> I don't have the charts, and I'll go, you know, this and and all this stuff. But to be truthful, as I began to look deeply into the words of Jesus, now that's where I focused. I didn't go all over the place. I just focused on what Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 25 in response to the question that the disciples have asked, what are the signs of the nearness of your return? And, and and then I'm, as you know, I'm trained social anthropologist and, and a cultural anthropologist, and so I I view the globe and I see things uh, globally, not just uh, you know ethnocentrically here in the states. But I I watch things and I began to put the two uh, like a, a puzzle on a on a PowerPoint, and and they just fitted those six things that our Lord Jesus Christ said to his disciples, and what we call the all of it discourse, because they were sitting on the Mount of Olives talking, and he, they asked him two questions, actually, not one, and they said, because he told them that the, the, the temple is going to be now, now two stones on top of each other, and uh, so he, the first question they asked him, he said, when will that take place? And so he told them, and, uh, and that in 70 AD, the words of our Lord Jesus, uh, prophecy, was fulfilled with the minutest details. Uh, exactly not two stones, and I've been to Israel many times, not two stones on top of each other. And, and the horrors, the, the descriptions of the things that happened by the Romans in 70 A.D. in Jerusalem is horrible. And so, but then he turns around and said, As to your other question, well in those days, uh, on that day, the, the signs are, and he talks about uh, a woman in childbirth, Sometimes you get false labor uh, pains, but then when the labor pains really start in earnest. For example, we have earthquakes, we have rumors, w- wars and rumors of wars. All these have been around for, uh, for, for centuries. But w- when a baby is about to be born, these labor pains begin to happen uh, with, it, uh, with greater intensity and with uh, frequ- uh, uh, shorter and shorter intervals and frequency. And, and as we see these things that are happening now, and of course we're more aware of it, and that's part of God's plan, uh, this, this whole Internet and all the things that, 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 that we are aware of things in the globe that we would not have been aware of 100 years ago, this is all part of God's plan so that we can see these things that are happening. Literally, there's an earthquake every day somewhere in the world. And then on the signs in the heaven, I was reading some of these uh, Astrologist and a scientist, and we're talking about this uh, uh, steroid uh, that's going to hit and how big it is and how destructive it will be, and so on. And and Jesus talks about that, uh, signs in the heavens. And so I went through all those six labor pains that our Lord Jesus uh, described in Matthew 24 and 25, looked at what's happening globally, and I said, I just raised the question is the end near? And I want the reader to judge for himself or herself, and 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 read the words of Jesus. Look at what's happening in the world, and say, can this can uh, uh, can, can we get any closer?
2: <laughs> uh, Michael, this is Ray Prichard. Uh, when we talk Here, about when we talk about the end times, and by the way, thank you for writing. Is the end near? Because we need. We need good, sane, sober discussions of what the Bible says. Appreciate this book yes. so much. You know, one question people ask is about the Antichrist. Is there yes. going to be is, is there going to be an Antichrist in the last days? And could that person? Is it possible the Antichrist could be alive today and just has not yet been revealed?
4: Both are excellent questions, Rick. Uh, you know, uh, the Apostle John and his epistles. He talks about many Antichrists, but there is one Antichrist. If if you like, uh, they are all Antichrists with a small a. Everybody who's against Christ is an Antichrist. Oprah Winfrey, when she uh, uh, dismisses uh, Christ as the only way to salvation and heaven, she's in a sense an Antichrist with a small a. And I can go on, the list goes on and on and on. So there are anti, many antichrist, but there is this beast that will rise from the sea that uh, the book of Revelation talks about, and, uh, and it's repeated in the Thessalonian epistles, uh, the man of lawlessness, and, and so on. And so several passages, and i and I take one passage out of context. I like to stick with the context of the Word of God. And so there is uh, now as to whether he's alive now or not. I really, I mean, only Jesus could answer that question in heaven. But I don't know. And I, and I'm, I've always been against these people setting dates, and and so I'm very careful in in showing the evidence without, you know, trying to uh, be the super duper guy who predicts dates. Now, it could be alive. There could be possibility. There's a possibility it is around, uh, but. We don't know uh, if that's the case. He's going to be a very charming person, and he's going to perform miracles. In fact, he's going to fake his own death and resurrection. Uh, It's not going to be an angry, like Christians in the past have made the mistake that uh, Hitler is the Antichrist, Mussolini is the Antichrist. Well, he's not going to be like that. He's going to be a charming people, person that people will literally say, rule over us, rule over us, we, we want to obey you. And, and people are going to be in such dire straits economically, socially, in every way. They will be looking for that type of Savior who's going to deliver them from, from the misery they are in. And, um, and, and then with the power, supernatural power that Satan will give him, he'll be able to deceive many. So much so that our Lord makes a statement in 24-24 of Matthew that really kind of grips me in my heart about even if possible, he said, even if possible, uh, he he can mislead some of the elect. And and that really uh, grieves me when I look around and see so many non-discerning Christians and easily misled and easily falling for all kinds of false teaching and false teachers and, uh, and I said, well, I can see that. I mean, I can see that. And so I took pains into describing those six signs that our Lord said are going to be the it, it, the nearness of the birth of the baby, that the labor pains are getting intense and they're coming in closer and closer intervals, and uh, on and on and on. I, I go and describe them in details, and... Basically, project them against what 's happening in the world today, one of the other signs is they 're going to be a departure from from um, from loving the Lord. people are going to be t- it 's a great falling away and look at what 's happening today. all these preachers are coming out and saying we 're going through deconstruction uh, preachers who are preaching walk, gospel, and prosperity gospel and um, and so all of that falling away from from the faith, the love of many is growing cold sixty 2% of, or 63% of evangelicals say there are many ways to God other than Jesus, and on and on and on. I want to bore you with, the, with these statistics, but that is the great falling away is here. And the other sign is, he said, this gospel of the kingdom will preach uh, uh, and to every nation, as star, ethna in Greek, uh, uh, and as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And right now, I'm told, even Wycliffe translators have been saying that there are basically very, very few languages are known to a handful of people that the Bible has not been translated to. And in my involvement with, with global ministry and television, our Kingdom sat in the Arab world, and we're seeing thousands of people coming to Christ in the Middle East and, the, and, and in, in the Gulf and in North Africa at the cost of their own life. And yet here in America, people don't even go to church if it's raining. <laughs> So yeah. Could it be that God is gathering His elect? Talking, to so Doc- I'm raising those questions.
1: Yeah, we're talking to Dr. Michael Youssef, Y O U S S E F. His book is called "Is the End Near?" Uh, what Jesus told us about the last days. Go ahead, Fred.
0: Yeah, uh, Fred here, Dr. Youssef. You know, yes, uh, Fred, how are you? Not too bad at all. We're looking at all these signs. Uh, a lot of books have come out about. You know asking this question as your book does, is the end near. isn't there a great opportunity here for Christians though because a lot of people are asking that question, and what a great opportunity to share the gospel with folks
4: It is a, the the derelict of duty that <laughs> we don't tell people uh and and show them uh, I have a neighbor uh, you know i just uh, I won't mention because everybody would know he's he's well known. CEO of a major corporation in America, and he, and he looked at me one time and, and sort of yelled at me. He said, why is all this happening now? I said, well, uh, let me tell you, <laughs> and he's, he has not claimed to be a Christian. He does not claim to be a believer. But what an opportunity God gave me so I can share with him. This is all being is prophesied. Jesus already told us this thing is going to happen. It's going to be slowly, but then all of a sudden it's going to be suddenly. Yeah. And, and as I shared Christ with him, I can see that, the, 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 you know, so I'm, I'm praying that God will bring him to himself. And every person that I meet with, and I, I talk every Christian believer must take this as an opportunity. Even in the book, I have three or four different occasions when I come to a point where I said, in case you're not a believer, I need you to stop right here, and, and, and here's how you can uh, understand and invite Christ to come into your life.
1: But it doesn't sound like to me... Don't misunderstand. Sometimes I ask questions I don't believe what I'm saying, but I have to ask these questions because a lot of people out there have have them. So don't email me and call me a heretic, people. Okay. <laughs> uh, I would just say this: It appears to me what, what all you've got, you guys are describing here, is a world out of control, not under God's control, Michael.
4: Oh, absolutely under His control. Absolutely, they may be out of our control but they're not out of His control. He's got it all working according to plan. And and, and you see, uh, w- when you understand that, you can go to sleep and you're at peace. But if I did not know Jesus, did not understand the sovereignty of God, uh, I would be terrified. Uh, and, and anybody who's listening to us and is afraid of all this, then you need to come to Christ because once you understand that these already have set in motion, God is in control of history, He's the one who began history, and he's the one who's going to end history. Then you're at peace. It doesn't matter what happens. You are at peace because you're at peace with God. Therefore, you'll be at peace with your neighbor and your environment. And nothing is going to disturb you. And so, yeah, it is out of control, out of our control, out of the uh, uh, political party control. But they're not out of God's control. He's got it all worked out. (laughs) You know,
1: uh, I'm reminded uh how world war one started it was just the assassination of of archduke wasn't it of uh, austria wasn't it it was uh, uh right. Ed, ed's, ed's a expert on world history and Ray, you know about this but uh yeah. how, how one thing can domino the whole world and yep. and i don't mean to scare people and i'm not scared yes. because i have trust and faith in god and christ as michael has talked about here however if you look at the world today yep. you, you can't help but wonder could this happen in our time i'm talking about a world war you look at ukraine yep. and russia yep. and uh yep. putin is uh you know know—he's he, uh, been threatening to use nuclear weapons you've got iran or Iran, yeah. and they're yeah. they're supposedly, and you've seen their threats against Israel, and also against yeah. uh, the yeah. Sunni uh, Muslims in Egypt and yeah. Saudi Arabia. Uh, you you fire yeah. one or two weapons there. Uh, you've got uh, China and Taiwan. I mean, uh, you, uh, you've yeah. also got uh, universal financial uh, collapse uh, tinkering. Yeah. Uh, you 've got an energy problem uh that you know europe 's probably going to freeze this winter because and, yeah. and what that le- de- desperate measures cause people to do desperate i mean i 'm just saying i 'm not mean to scare Absolutely. people but but uh, michael this is the
4: world is teetering right now yeah, exactly, but think about this Tim. here we are just now i 'll give you an example from last week 's news this last week 's news the whole world was transfixed. On this idle rich couple, uh, spoiled brats, uh, and and talking about the press, the British press, even the Arabic press. I read it all the time. I read every day. I read the world press and the Americans, all talking about Harry and Meghan. And and you know what happened last week? The president of China, Xi, was in Saudi Arabia, and he had a summit with 30 Arab leaders. They all came to Saudi Arabia, and uh, he spent several days there meeting with each individual leader. And then they signed multi, multi, tens of billions of dollar contracts with, with China, all these Arab world. And now they're even agreeing to sell oil to, the, to China, <laughs> not with the dollar, but with the yuan. And all of this is going on, I mean, right under our noses. And the world is busy, just like Jesus said. It's like the day of Noah. Everybody was sort of, uh, you know, worried about the marriage and sex and the, and, and, and or sexual orientation and all that stuff. And the world is basically conspiring to follow exactly what has been prophesied. Yeah. When G went to Saudi Arabia, I'm, I mean, I just said, this is it. I mean, this is... This is right there, happening before our own eyes. Yeah, we we
1: think in America, you know, uh, uh, that things are always going to be the way they always have been, and that's just not not necess- anymore. No, that's just not necessarily no.
4: true. In England, last week we, we discovered in England that now Christians in England are the minorities. Right, they below fifty percent. Yeah, I yes. just came back. I had a crusade in Sydney, Australia, three weeks ago. Thousands and thousands people showed up at the convention center 350 people came forward gave the love to Christ I mean, uh, and and the statistics in Australia is that while between 2016 and now uh, the Christian population has decreased by 10% the Muslim population in Australia has gone up by 28% Mm -hmm. I mean when you look at all this, God is literally, I believe with all my heart he is gathering his elect he is ble- he, He's getting ready to come back and take his children home. Amen. And that's why we need the Christians rejoice and work hard. Put it on white robes heading for the mountain, waiting for Jesus is absolute sin against God. Jesus said, occupy till I come. <laughs> that means I'm going to look at 74. I work harder and longer than I did when I was 54, mm-hmm. because that's what, expectation of the return of the Lord does it makes you work longer and harder and give and sacrifice and serve and do, not sit back and, and say, okay, I'm, I'm I'm gonna just go to the mountain and wait for Jesus to come back and uh, no, 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 no. This is this is the time for the believers to shine and share Christ boldly and lovingly, unashamedly, and, and make him known to the non believing family and, and neighbors uh, and, uh, and, and and really, as, as Jesus said, it will shine, uh, shine like us, uh, stars in the sky.
1: Amen. Thank you, Michael. We appreciate it very much. We wish you the best with the new book. Uh, the book is titled, Is the End Near? What Jesus Told About the Last Days, written by our guest, Michael Youssef. And you can hear Dr. Yusuf each morning here uh, on American uh, Family Radio. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it.
4: Pleasure, Tim. Thank you both. Thank you all so much. God okay. bless. Okay, Bye-bye.
1: I said morning, evenings. <laughs> I should have said <laughs> here on American Family Radio, with the uh, with the program leading the way. Uh, Ray, you, 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 what I talked about with Doctor Yusuf while ago. You 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 follow world events and you travel the world.
2: Well, here we are. Here we are. Just it's exactly what <clears throat> Michael was saying. That if you read Matthew. 24 and 25 and you, you lay down the Bible here. I'm always reminded of what Billy Graham said, Well I read with the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other, because yes. the Bible helps us understand what's going on in the world around us. But never in in my long lifetime, never have we seen all the events lining up precisely the way they do now.
0: You know, it's immorality has always been there. But what I have seen in the last 25 years here in the United States, it's now being celebrated. And the West. Openly. West in general. Yeah, and the West in general. It's being celebrated openly. And then adding on to that, anybody who's, who stands on biblical standards is being ostracized. That And and let's face it, and, and the law is coming against them. Uh, we're seeing that more and more, that even if you speak truth— speak the the word of god and what god says about these things you're a hater and we're going to come after you
2: you, you know fred i'm trying to think of the, the name of the, the the writer who talked about the positive neutral and the negative how how our society's changed in terms of its uh, uh, its appreciation or lack thereof of the christian faith I, i'm just his name is escaping me but he said up until and this sounds about right to me that up until About 1974, the culture was essentially positive. That is to say you're a Christian. That's fine. I'm not, but Uh it's a good thing. Uh And he said from 74 until about 2014, 2015, the Obergefell decision, we went from positive to neutral. And then he said if you look at the cultural trends, it's clear now we've moved from neutral to negative. Yes. That if you're going to be a Christian now, you're going to face a great, particularly publicly. Yes. I mean, think how hard it would be in a public university as a professor to speak out, oh, to yeah. identify yourself as an evangelical Bible-believing Christian. Even if you've got tenure, you're taking your career, you're taking it in your own hands. And we're hearing these stories all the time about uh, about leaders in, uh, in the different industries. You speak out for Christ. Suddenly you find yourself on the unemployment line. I think this is exactly what the Bible tells us to expect in the last days, overt Anti Christian hostility.
1: So, uh, so, would that be called uh, the spirit of the Antichrist?
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. And you better know what you believe and why you believe it. Because, as Dr. Youssef was talking about, you have Christians now that rather get along with the culture mm-hmm. than stand up for Christian values. Because I believe Christian values, the Bible is just not another book. Right. It's God's word, and God doesn't change. And judgment is coming, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. He's coming again, and he is going to come not as a lowly servant and a carpenter's son. He's coming as judge. He's coming as king. And people don't want to want to hear that.
2: You know, if you read the book of Revelation, uh, Michael uh, mentioned briefly uh, Revelation 13, and the The Antichrist and the False Prophet and the unbelievable things are going to happen, Fred. What I I want our listeners to pay attention to what you said. You'd better get ready. Buckle up. We'd better get ready. People say to me, Pastor Ray, we've hit rock bottom, and I want to go. Oh no, oh no, this isn't the bottom. We got a way. I don't know where the bottom is, but it's down below. And 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 I think the thing that shocks all of us is not the decline, but how
1: fast.
0: Yes. How fast
1: we're going over the cliff. You know, Western civilization itself was was primarily built on the Christian religion uh, to a large extent. And then, we, uh, of course, the birth of the United States of America, which led to unprecedented uh, human rights and freedom and liberty and economic prosperity and technological advances. And un- unlike anything the world has ever seen, you, you want to know, do I have evidence for that? Well, look at our border. <laughs> there aren't millions of people pouring into China, people. Uh, there are millions of people pouring into the United States of America because of the things that I just mentioned. And those things uh, were blessed. We were blessed by God because of the obedience of our founding fathers and and, and and their sons and daughters. We'll be back momentarily.